Okay, so um, we're back. Uh, this is an actual episode. It's not with my kids. Matt's over there. You know. Um, so the reason there's been such a gap is because it's completely changed, like I said last time. Um, we're, we're really going to talk about more less charged topics, more like the, the one today is going to be, um, MTV and its effect on rock. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, cause we both kind of grew up in the, well, I mean, kind of, we both grew up in the eighties and early nineties, you know, um, before MTV turned into garbage. Uh, we're going to talk about more stuff like that and less stuff that swings either way, really. Um, so, I don't know if you want to start, Matt, or... Well, I guess I can. Um, I always viewed MTV, it was a tool, it was groundbreaking when it came out. It, get, it enabled fans, I guess, to see their favorite bands, or favorite band for the first time. Because, like most of us growing up, we couldn't afford to go to concerts. Our parents wouldn't let us go to some concerts growing up. Well, and really, where we live, there wasn't a lot of good concerts anyway. And bands wouldn't come to this part of the country anyway. Yeah, we're, we live in what what's called a flyover state by most people. But, you know, I was watching a documentary the other day, and I think one of the things MTV really changed was the band member's appearance. I mean, you look at a lot of the older bands, like, um, say... Boston, Nazareth. Yeah, Boston, Nazareth. Some of the 70s. Ram Jam. I mean, everybody can sing Black Betty, but I bet there ain't 30 people listening to this that's ever seen them, you know? (laughs) And they some ugly-looking bastards, right? Most of the bands from back then were. I mean, they, they was more about... The music. The the, mu- uh, yeah. A real good example of that is Fleetwood Mac. A lot of people don't understand that the Fleetwood Mac with, um, oh, what's her name, Stevie Nicks, mm-hmm. is not the original Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac was four dudes. Four fairly unattractive dudes, <laughs> right? Not like, you know... Not guys that look like Vince Neil, you know, in 1985. Guys that look like your shop teacher in 1975, right? Um, MTV really shifted that. I mean, look at the bands that were big when MTV first came out. I mean, when they first came out, what were the ba- the big bands then? When What was the first video? Um, first video on M- oh. MTV? By the Buggles. Yeah. Video killed the radio star, which was just ironic. Uh-huh, and not one of them were decent looking. Um, the other band, um, Dire Straits. They all look like circus freaks. And then within a year, maybe two years, I mean, you got you got guys with makeup and long hair. And not ironic makeup and long hair. That's the way they looked, you know? I, I, you know, you blame MTV, you can blame MTV, but really that all started on the Sunset Strip, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big, the, the big pusher for that one was probably Motley Crue. I mean, there was more there then, but really it was Motley Crue and Quiet Riot were the two major ones. If Quiet Riot hadn't had such a nut job singer, I think they'd have made it bigger, but... Motley Crue had it all for that time period. But then look at what happened. You know, they got a good video on MTV. And then you end up with 700 other bands that look just it like was, them. It was became more about money. You had record labels that would go out. You know, they'd hire one band. That band got one or two big hits. Then they're like, told them, go out and find me five more bands like that. Go out and find me five more g- groups like this. And, and, you know, and the sad part is, a lot of it was, go find me five bands that look like that, and I don't give a shit if they can write a song to save their life. Well, we'll pay somebody to do that. I need them to look a certain way 
to make me money. I mean, look at, um, you know, uh, like poison's a perfect example of it, right? Um, warrant, you know, I mean. Cinder could you throw Cinderella? Yeah, in? Cinderella's the same thing. It's that look. It's that, you know, big night, hair. You had the Night Ranger. Where you're not real sure whether it's a chick or a dude, you know. Like Motley Crue, you knew those were all dudes. I mean, except for maybe Vince Neal. <laughs> but I mean the rest of them. I mean Nikki Six is like eight feet tall. I mean it, it's not really, it's, you know, yeah, they had makeup on, but it was more theatrical even makeup. platforms, too, when they first started. Mm -hmm. They were closer. I think they took more from, like, Kiss and the New York Dolls and stuff like that than from being a chick. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? Like, what it became later. What Poison was the worst. I mean, they were the... Well, they I'm, started out looking so much like women, it was scary. Yeah, I mean... And on it, to be completely honest, I'm kind of glad that bands like Guns N' Roses came along and said, no, we're not doing that. I mean, yeah, Axl Rose was kind of effeminate, but he was the only one. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I love hair metal. I love that style of music. But there's, the reason it died is because of MTV. They pushed it so hard that people just were like, I'm done. And it was awesome. It, with MTV also, you know. Now, granted, when MTV first started, they only had like 10 or 12 videos. That's yeah, all it was out. Know, and they played them over and, and over. Well, yep. And Well, you know, get about five or six years in the road, you know, there's a lot of videos. But they were still pushing the same ones, so it became like Top 40 Radio. Mm -hmm. You'd see the same stuff. Uh, every day you can almost set your clock by it. And you know, the the thing is, it's just like Top 40 Radio. I mean, all you got to do is talk to anybody that worked in the radio business. And back in the 80s, if you wanted your album played, you, you know, it was drugs, women, and money. That's how you got your record played. It didn't matter if it was any good. It didn't matter if anybody listening to that station liked it, as long as the program director got what he needed. That song got played. It was that simple. I mean, you'd have outliers like, um, you know, what was it, Cleveland or Cincinnati or whatever that played bands like Rush. That nobody. At the, that's under, how they got broke. You'd have underground you know? radio stations. But your top forty radio stations were playing what was, you know, what they were told to play, basically. You know, I mean, and that's what MTV became. It started out. Like everything else, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, it's great. Oh, what you mean you'll pay us more if we play these videos 750,000 times a day? Okay, we'll play these videos 750,000 times a day, right? And yeah, those bands then make the money because then they can go out and tour. They can go do what they need to do. Boost their popularity and they can possibly sell more out, which makes the record company more money. And, mm -hmm. and then you end up with 700 copycat bands, you know. Um, and then you end up with legacy bands trying to do what, you know, the new, what the new, the new bands newest, were. Newest, they're trying to keep up with the fads. I mean, you got bands like, um, oh, what is it? Uh, White, White Snake. White Snake. It uh, White Lion. It's White, was... White Snake's the one with the David Coverdale in yep. it. Okay. Yep. Tony Katane on the that Jaguars. That song, um... The version that you hear, the the video with the, that he's talking about, that song's actually from the early '80s, late '70s. Um, but they redid it and changed it to more of a ballady kind of rock song because of MTV. I mean, well, it was a softer image. MTV didn't want to play uh, all these angry, angry, angst videos because. Mm -hmm. I mean, it made them look. You're you're big. I mean, you had the uh, Headbangers Ball where they'd play the the harder stuff, but even then, it wasn't it wasn't like what it became later on. But I mean, the only really hard rocker that got played during that the '80s was probably ACDC. You know, I mean, they never really changed other than Guns N' Roses towards the late '80s, early '90s, but. That there wasn't really a 
like a true rock band on MTV, well, really. They you, got popular. You had popularity. Aerosmith come on there occasionally, but yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Aerosmith would have died if it wasn't for uh, Run DMC. If they hadn't have done Walk This Way, we wouldn't. We would. You wouldn't have brought them up right now because nobody'd have known who the hell they were. Because at that time, they weren't called the Toxic Twins for nothing. They had drugged themselves into mm-hmm. a dead career. They just happened to have a a, a hip hop band who, at that time, hip hop was breaking. Whether you like it or not, hip hop was breaking. Bands like Run DMC, um, the Beastie Boys, you know, stuff like and that. You could almost Tone say Lo- that thing, Frost and. Um, run DMC into the you know boosted both their careers. It did, it it did, then, it really did. It it, but it also boosted rap mm-hmm. in general. Um, but that, if it wasn't for Run DMC and Walk This Way, I don't think anybody'd be talking about Aerosmith now. They would have been a, they would have been a Boston or a Fog Hat or Fog Hat or Nazareth or any of these. You Bands know, that were big in the seventies, yep, and, and even this, maybe the early eighties, and they but were then just they huge, just died off. They couldn't, they couldn't keep up with the new thing, the newest fad, or basically MTV. They didn't have the image. They didn't have the drop. They didn't have the image. Well, Aerosmith kind of had that image with Steven Tyler, but they didn't have the. A lot of those seventies and eighties bands didn't, or early eighties bands, right? They didn't have the drive. Well, also, or, their, like also in, their fan base was all adults. They were sitting home watching TV. Yep. Or, you know, you get bands like um, Zeppelin, for example, right? They could have kept going after Bonham died. But after so long of, you know, burning that candle at both ends, you know, staying up and partying all night. Oh, yeah, you're going to hit and, a wall. And then going and, you know, playing a four-hour concert, you just, you're done. And I think that just gave them, you know, an excuse to get out. If you don't have that that work ethic where it's, yeah, you want to party and you want to do all this stuff, but it's a job and you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? If this is what you want, if you want to be a superstar, you have to do it. I mean, look at bands like, okay, you know, Megadeth, for example, right? Um, some people may know, some people may not know. I don't know if you know, Matt, because that's not really your... You know, wheelhouse at thrash metal. Uh, Dave Mustaine started out in Metallica. He was a lead guitar player in Metallica. They kicked him out of the band. Now, he could have just went, well, I guess that's not what what I meant to do. But instead, that pushed him to the point where he's like, yeah, fuck those guys. I'm going to be bigger than them. I don't know that he ever made it bigger than them. But he made it just as big as them. Mm -hmm. I mean... He showed him. He showed him, but he had that drive to do it. Mm-hmm. As much alcohol and drugs and everything else he did, he still kept pushing. And you know, thrash metal there in the early nineties, it it took a pretty big hit. Like probably ninety three to ninety five in that era, right? There wasn't bands really pushing thrash metal. I mean, you're well, radio stations wouldn't play it, for well, one thing. You know, they'd play Metallica, but they'd only play Metallica's Black Album, which is, you know, well, that, that was, sped that was, up grunge, really. Well, that was more of a that was, that was toned me- down. It was That was Metallica light. Yeah, really it was what it was. tempo. But you had, you know, you had your bands, your mainstays, the main four, you know, Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, um, Metallica. You know, they still did their thing. I mean, Metallica was a little lighter, but you, nobody ever slowed Slayer down, right? They didn't slow Megadeth down. They didn't slow Anthrax down. You know, and then you had bands coming in. But, you know, those four bands, right, their heyday was late 80s, right? That's when they got big. They got big about in the same era that hair metal did. All four of them bands were Doing the drugs, doing the drinking, doing everything that the rest that the hair metal guys were doing. But today, Metallica can sell out a Coliseum, Slayer can sell out a Coliseum, Anthrax can sell out a you know um, a major you know arena, mm-hmm. a venue. Yeah, all four of them can. But you can't tell me Poison's going to do that. Motley Crue probably could if Vince Neil could still sing, but. 
you know, Poison's not going to do that. Winger's not going to do that. Warren's not going to do that. I mean, they're playing. They're playing county you'd fairs. To, you'd have to. That's why you see them all in multi. Yep. You know, like you'd four, have to create like, like four a, of them all together in one yep. big concert. And, but you know, like Metallica can sell out. You know, you know anywhere. So Deer can Creek. It, yeah. You know, not that anybody knows what that is, but that's a major arena. Like. I was trying to think of something like the Forum in L.A. Metallica could still sell that out. So could all all four of the the thrash metal bands. And I'll tell you why. Because they never pandered to the women. And not to sound like... um, Not to be sexist. Yeah, not to be sexist or nothing. But the simple fact is women are fickle. They're fickle with everything. And that's because they, you know, they use their brain more than men, honestly, I think. But those, the hair metal bands through MTV really pandered to women. Well, yeah, when you I get mean, a, they were they wanted they to look their, sexy and they wanted to, you know, they changed their image for the girl, for the lady. They even changed a lot of their music style. I mean, a lot of yeah. them went from the hard rock stuff to more of the softer ballads and love, you know. Oh, stuff you had to have a ballad on your album. You got you got the girls at the show and. You know, most guys would love performing for a bunch of pretty girls or a bunch of sweaty guys. Yeah. I mean... But you look at bands like the the four, the main four in Thrash, um, Rush, um, ACDC, they never changed their sound. Mm-mm. Rush did, but they just made it more technical and, you know, it, it more went, it, for... It went more tech instead of... Instead of girly. Yeah. Or more... Let... No... Not ballady. They just they stayed with that rock format. They stayed with their format, and they stayed longevity. I mean, their fans are the same fans that they had. You know, the guy that multi generation. Yeah, the guy in you know that you went to middle school with wearing the Metallica T shirt is now in his forties wearing the Metallica T shirt, right? Because for the most part, male. Once you, guys, I mean, it's the same with sports teams. I'm not a sports guy. Matt's not a sports guy. We're not a sports guy. I'm not going to get into a sports conversation here. But really, like, I've got friends that are into football, you know, and when they find their team, that's their team. You know, doesn't matter if they're winning or losing or whatever. It's the same way with bands. Okay, well, you know, uh, Rush had a bad album. Well, they'll make a good one the next time, you know. But... If, you know, like, I, I keep picking on Poison, but it's an easy target. It's the low-hanging fruit, right? It's pretty much laying on the ground. Well, a really. lot of the hair bands are like that. They, but know, they... Poison's, the reason I keep saying Poison is because Poison's a band that everybody knows. Some of that's from, like, Bret Hart doing that Heart of Love and all that Bret other Michaels, stuff. Yeah. Or, well, yeah, whatever his name is. I Bret Hart was a wrestler. <laughs> sure, I don't know. That's how much I know about Poison. I know who C.C. DeVille is, but that's it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a band that everybody knows. That's why I keep using them as an example. But I mean, like, look at that. They couldn't change from doing that ballady love song, you know, crap. That's what their their fans were buying. Because that's what the, what their fans were buying and they could see it. But the problem is eventually that band is going to, well. As they get older, they, they they might, or, you know, the new, the newest flavor. Right, mm-hmm. like, oh hey, what's his band Bon Jovi now? Let's let's check him out because he's pretty hot, you know. That's the thing with girls. Whereas guys, I mean, if that was the case with guys, Lita Ford would have been the biggest biggest rock, well, you know, or the Runaways, right? Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, yeah, but I mean, they didn't because that's not the way guys are. I mean. Vixen. Vixen, yeah. I mean, bands like that, guys aren't like that. I think for for a guy, music is more emotional and less thought. You know what I mean? Like, it it hits more... Like, if you look at, like, ACDC, for example, their songs all have a certain kind of beat and a certain kind of... I think... I, I don't want to say emotional. Music is more primal for a guy and less... Oh hey, you know we. Oh, he's singing about how his girlfriend left him, and you know if I want to hear that, I'll listen to country, right? Because at least then there's talent. But well, not anymore. But 
And that's MTV's fault too. But um, the 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 male, I mean, everything that has to do with a guy. I mean, look at trucks. Trucks are directed at guys. It's the same way with bands. Trucks are directed at guys because they have, they got big power. They got you know they're they play to the ego. It's well that and it's primal. It's you know whether we want to admit it or not. Every guy is a predator. It in the fact that you know we are hunters and hunters hunter. You know we we come from a hunter gatherer society. Guys are you, genetically we're built to be that hunter. That you know that primal, an instinct driven entity. Where women aren't. You know they're more of a you know, a thought behind it. I mean, emotional play a lot into it. Then that's why the ballads worked because if you look at like any of those videos when they're doing like, um, what's that stupid song? Every rose has a thorn. Poison had every rose has a thorn. You know, when you look at like, they'll have the regular video of it, right? And then they'll have like the concert video of mm-hmm. it, you know, where it's a video, but it's like scenes from a concert and you'll see all these girls crying and oh, and you see the guys are all thinking, well, if they get emotional enough, I'm going to get laid. This is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> you can tell because they're not watching the band. They're watching, you know, the chicks. Or they're looking behind them to see which chick's Chick pulling her shirt up. Yeah. yeah. But you do the same thing at like a Metallica concert. Like they got a, you know, they got a video of the song. And then they show the, the band or like a concert video. And it's all dudes screaming at the stage and stuff, right? It's the it's the difference between men and women, you know, and that's what made that's what made MTV popular and what killed MTV, right? Well, MTV because, also MTV also fueled some bands, I guess, theatrics. Yeah, to a because you had extent. some bands who really did some wild stuff. Like someone told me, uh, I think it was a a wasp. Yo, you throw um. They threw they threw raw meat at the crowd. Yep, and, bloody um, raw meat at the crowd, and the fans. They do it. that. They would um, uh, in the how the one tour, the one one tour, they um, um, what did they they uh, they imitated sex with a um, like a a blow up nun doll and you know guar. They you know. But that, I think more, I think that has less to do with MTV, to be completely honest, and more to do with Kiss. Because you look at these bands that did that stuff, right? Like Wasp and Guar and um, even the Thrash bands to a certain extent, you know? Because, I mean, that's what happened to James. They were feeding off the crowd's energy. Yeah, but they're also all guys that grew up in the 70s when it was, you know superhero kiss you know they grew up mm-hmm. with that right and i personally think when you're in that formative years when you first start hitting that for guys anyway that puberty stage you know from like 13 to 15 the stuff you're into then music wise is this is the stuff you're into as an adult right it forms your opinion right like I like some new stuff, but I inevitably go back to the stuff that, like, from 13 to 16 that I was listening to. It's comforting. It's a comfort. Yeah. It's it's what I like. Even newer bands that do that same style of music I'll listen to, you know? I think it's really... It's how you're molded into that musical sound, right? Because I think everybody's got a soundtrack running in their head, whether they want to admit it or not. And, you know, some people might have, you know, clown music running in their head. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I think MTV is the best thing and the worst thing that ever happened to music all at once. Because I don't think we'd have a lot of the bands that, like especially like we enjoy, that you and I enjoy, if it wasn't for MTV. Well, then there were a lot of the bands who didn't want to do videos because they viewed the video as one person's interpretation of their song 
where they put out this song and the artist is thinking one thing, yet the producer's thinking the song means this or is giving this message and that's not even close to what well, you know, and then you got bands. The artist had you got bands like uh, Tool, and for the most part, uh, maybe I'm wrong, you know. But for me, anyway, I'm a Tool fan. I like the band Tool quite a bit, but their videos didn't have dick to do with the song. I think it was more of just an you know artistic noise pictures, so they could get on MTV. The same thing I kind of think with Marilyn Manson, that whole industrial sound. You know, I mean, I know you weren't really into that kind yeah. of thing, but I mean, if you watch his videos, for the most part, his songs don't have anything to do with his videos. It's just a shock value thing with the with the videos. And, and that I, led into the reason why a lot of parents didn't like MTV, didn't like the music because of the whole image. Yep. Yeah, and then you got... Satan! It's all Satan! Christ. I mean, you got, like... You got, like, the flip side of that. You know, you got... I, if I'm trying to remember the name of the... The, um, the Canadian version of it. Of MTV. Mm. Much Music, I think. Something like that. There was a Canadian MTV. Right? And, um... You should be able to get it on satellite. The, and I don't mean like the little Dish Network or DirecTV. I mean... The giant satellite dish yeah, that... the one you could... Took up the size of a storage shed. Yeah, the ones you could, you know, direct space shuttles with. Um, and they had like a Christian rock hour. And, you know, you had that exact opposite. I and mean, how do you... How do you have like... If I remember right, they had like a Christian rock hour, and then right after that was the metal hour. <laughs> you know, the headbanger show. It's like MTV kind of did the same thing, and they didn't really do Christian, but they used to have, they'd occasionally have, they'd have the headbangers ball. And that usually like 10 to 12 or something, yeah, or something like that. But they didn't have it in the middle of the day. You know, they had the stupid pop songs, you know. Top not 40. That, not that they weren't, a lot of that pop stuff and new wave, and I was. Decent music. Like, I'm a big fan of bands like The Smiths, The Cure. Um, yeah, The Police had some videos. The Police, stuff like uh, that. They all got big in the 80s, too, you know. But, I mean, it a was, lot of that radio stuff. Friendly. From, a lot of that stuff from the 80s, like, you know, there. Jesus Christ, some of that shit was so awful that you couldn't even hardly listen to it. I mean,. You say what you want about Madonna, but she had like three good songs in the 80s, and that was it. But she was on MTV so goddamn much, you'd think it was her channel. Between her and Cyndi Lauper, who couldn't sing her way out of a wet paper bag with a fucking machete. <laughs> but she was on MTV all the time, you know? And then you had random stuff that would show up, like, what was the name of that damn band? Um, Dexie's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. Yeah. Really? Why are we listening to this shit? You know, it's a good song. It's a fun song. But well, why did it get played that on... One of, that was one of those bands out of, out of Europe. Mm -hmm. And MTV, at the time, still didn't have a lot of videos. Yeah. So they were getting them all from these bands that would... Because over in Europe, they had these... Kind of like the Ed Sullivan show, these late-night oh, like the, shows. The, they, um, or the Midnight Special. The Wit Great... Gray Whistle Test or something like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking these, about. They had these programs in the evenings where they'd show a, some videos mm. from local bands or whatnot. Well, we didn't have that over here, except for maybe some of the shows that really didn't show music at all. Oh, come on. Lawrence Welk was awesome. But that's where they got that a lot of That wasn't sarcasm videos. at all. That was where they got a lot of those videos from over in Europe because they had programs like that where they would mm. air videos. Yeah, and you know... I think music is circular in that, that, you know, if something starts in um, Europe, hits America, and then it ends up back there, like, back in Europe, and vice versa. I mean, like, you look at bands like the Rolling Stones, Cream, Zeppelin, that's all just sped up blues. That's sped up rock rock versions of the blues, right? 
until they started doing that stuff, especially like even the Beatles. I mean, their music is blues music. Whether any of you people that think the Beatles are the greatest band ever to walk the planet, which they're not, they suck. Um, the, if they hadn't have done that, blues music wouldn't have gotten popular here in America because they brought those, you know, the blues well, musicians out. A lot of that out. stuff also they got from over over from pirate radio too in the sixties over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were getting stuff from over here well, that was they, all just PC, and they, and they get all um, like you know the old records and stuff. But um, we we don't. We don't get the same thing now because of the internet, I think. You know? Well, you can go online and you look can up go your online. band and see all yeah, the videos. Yeah, well, you can go online and type in, you know, something random and end up with 30 different YouTube videos of different bands doing whatever you just, you know. Um, I think it's also... I think YouTube, to me, in for the music side of it, um, I think YouTube is just where MTV went mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And what I mean by that is because of YouTube, the talent, the, the talent pool for musicians has gotten a lot better, right? Cause you know, back in the eighties, they had, uh, if you wanted to learn how to play a song, you listen to the radio. And figured it out, right? Or if you were lucky, somebody you knew, you know, could, you know, write music and then you you played it. But now you can go on YouTube, look up any song, and there's 15 different guys teaching you how to play it, right? But in doing that, they've made it easier to learn, which made the, made the age that they started learning younger and younger. I mean, you can go on... YouTube now and see kids 13 and 14 years old that would blow most of the 80s shredders out of the water, you know, and you got guys like, say, Paul Gilbert, for example, who was in, um, what's the band, Mr. Big, mm -hmm. right, which was a fairly big band in the late yeah. 80s, but he's one of, considered one of the best shredders, right, but he'd spend eight, nine hours a day learning songs and learning how to do stuff. That the generation now is learning in a week because they can watch somebody do it. You know what I mean? Which, I, I, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Because at a certain point you're going to reach where I think kind of the same thing classical music reached. Right? It's going to get so technical and so... Above. The bar, the bar is going to be raised so high that people won't even try to reach it. Or, yeah, you're going to end up with like, I mean, classical music, for example, right? For somebody that's not into classical music, right? That's just a casual listener. Yeah, I mean, all the ones they like, you know, like Bach, Beethoven, things like that. Those guys were like in the 1700s, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they've been dead for longer than, you know. At, at what point are we going to reset with rock? And, you know, I mean, I will say one thing um, about it. Like, um, I'm, I'm also, I'm slightly different in the fact that my, I think my taste is probably broader than Matt's. You know, because you don't really listen to rap at all. I just never liked it. And, and you don't really listen to grunge at all, which is, you know, your... Yeah, that's it's my, it's your my, thing. It's my music. Yeah. And I don't really care what anybody listens to unless you're a big Beatles fan and then I hate you. Um, But, like, I'm seeing a lot more now. Um, I'm, I've been a fan of uh, a rapper, um, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, right? But he has completely flipped his sound around to his newest album is, I would call it pop punk. He's playing guitar. His drummer's the drummer from Blink-182. 
I don't think in the 80s he could have done that. I don't think when MTV was big, he could have done that. He could have flipped his sound well, completely. And I've... We, we in the, they had the... Thin Lizzy had a guitar player. You know, lead, lead guitar player was like that, too. He was... I don't want to say my racist, but he was he was black and he That was their singer. He's a singer, he was their black and yeah. that uh, wasn't that was really uncommon at the time. Yeah. Playing that I, kind of music. But I don't think at that time, I don't think before honestly, I don't think before Walk This Way, any rock person could have got away with doing a rap song. And I don't think any rap rapper could have got away with doing a rock song. And people just accept it like it's normal. But now, I mean, that's not the only guy I've seen do that. MGK is just the one that's done it, in my opinion, the best. I, I personally think, I'm, and I was a big fan of his rap, you know. Um, he's a, I don't want to say a local boy, but he's from a, a flyover state not too far from us. And, um, and, you know, I was a fan of his rap, but I think he is a better pop punk guy than he was a rapper. Um. But I don't think pop punk would be a thing if it wasn't for MTV either. Mm. Well, also, like, your YouTube anymore now is how it's... You said it's how it's replaced the MTV. Mm. But in a way, you can almost say it's better because now you load in one, one of your favorite songs. Boom, okay, there's the video. Well, then here's six other bands doing music like that. Mm. And more likely, there's probably just little startup bands that had... Very little money to produce maybe one video, and they post it online. Yep. And boom, they're getting their exposure. Some of the, you know, like um, I I watch this YouTube channel. It's a band. It's called Our Last Night. They have their own music, but their big popularity is doing cover songs, right? They do um, covers of. Rock covers of like boy band songs from the early 2000s and, you know, just like Adele songs and things like that, that I don't think, I mean, you didn't see people doing cover songs when it was just MTV, when you just had to watch whatever was there. I think YouTube's a lot better in the fact that you can, like you said, you'll find new stuff going down the YouTube rabbit hole, but you'll also... You don't have to listen through two Cyndi Lauper songs, a Wham song, and a one of the crappy Madonna songs to hear a good Dexy's Midnight Runners song, you know, <laughs> or to hear the ACDC song. You didn't have to listen to an hour of garbage to listen to mm-hmm. one good song. And that's part of the reason why XM Radio is what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you hear what you want. I mean, like... Even if you don't like all the bands on whatever channel you, you know, like, uh, was it Hair Nation? I listened to mm-hmm. a lot of that. But I also listened to, like, all the other stuff on there, too. You get to hear the the genre that you like. You don't, you're not stuck listening to a bunch of garbage. And that's what MTV was. And I, to a certain extent, I think that's what helped push them to do almost exclusively reality TV. Because, you know... It became more profitable for them. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. But then they had other shows on MTV which kind of killed off the videos, like, you know, Beavis and Butthead, for example. Yeah. You know, they sit there making fun of the videos because it had gotten to where the videos became more important than the actual music itself. Mm-hmm. It was more about the production value of the video well when the video come the out music. three months before the single did and for you people that don't understand a single is things they used to put out off of every album that were like the songs they song. wanted you to hear you know there'd be an a side and a b side to the single um you know it, you know the video would come out three four months before the album came out it's like well what the hell you know and by then if it, you know, if it was on MTV, if it, if you were lucky enough to get it, you know, on any kind of good rotation on MTV, if it was a song you liked, by the time the damn album came out, you didn't like it no more. Well, also... Because it had been beat to death. Well, yeah, MTV beat, but also, the same thing was with, with, with singles, you know. Sometimes they'd give a copy to a radio station, and they'd play that single a lot, 
the drum up hype for the album. So when the album came out, you wouldn't go out and buy the album. But oh yeah, I mean, they would just uh, radio stations used to. I think XM has really helped with that. Radio stations used to just beat songs to death. Just play it over and over. A lot of that and over probably more the record label than the uh, stations themselves. The record labels were paying station managers to push these albums, and that was what they did because yep. that's where the money came from. You know, it's just. I think we're in a much better place musically than we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Oh. Yeah. 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I think we're in a better place now, like variety wise and talent wise and just in general than we were. Um, I think a lot of stuff got, a lot of stuff got look, overlooked in the 80s and 90s that wouldn't have today just because of, you know, it was a record label thing back then. Um, you know, you'd have your fringe bands that people locally had heard of that were, you know, there was, I'm sure there were bands around here back in the 80s and 90s that were better than anything on the radio, but they didn't get the right break. But now you can find that same band on YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, that just blows out, you know, the, the big band on you know, the local radio station, you know, or the national radio station or whatever. I mean, well, and I think YouTube gives bands a, a the ability to change their sound and still keep fans. Well, be able to test, they test the waters. Yeah, too. they can do like one or, or unless you're, uh, it's not a band you would know, Matt, I don't think. I don't know that I've ever played any of it for you. Uh, a band called Falling in Reverse, right? They started out their sound, man, I don't even know, maybe a pop punk kind of sound originally. And they've gone through, like their newest sound would be a, a mix of, I don't want to say rap. It's got that, his vocal delivery has got that same kind of cadence, but it's also rock. I mean, like hard rock, you know. I don't think you could have done that back then. And kept fans. But they didn't like like Falling in Reverse, for example, they didn't go straight from that pop pop punky sound, emo sound, straight into the rap hard rock. They worked their way there. We'll put the this out a little they, bit. They, we'll put they this tested out the waters, they tested yeah. the fans and And you know You couldn't have done that when all you heard was what was on the radio and what was on MTV. You know, a lot of that was also more the record companies too. They, yeah, your album, but, they wouldn't. We're not putting that album out. That's crap. Yep. Unless you're a legacy band, I mean, one of the uh, not for me personally, but one of the worst Kiss albums came out during the uh, MTV years. You know what's considered one of the worst? I don't think it is, but the Elder, right? Well, they, it's been said about the Elder. It was a great album, but not necessarily a great Kiss album. Yeah. And if they hadn't have been as big as they were before then, like if they were just a band starting out and tried to pull that crap, you know. Well, if it wasn't like they like, had that If like Motley Crue had done Dr. Feelgood and then done The Elder, It'd they'd have died. They'd have been a band we wouldn't talk about. If that. they didn't have the massive fan base and support mm. that they had, Elder could have ended the band. Yes. It devout did end the for band. For the fact but... that the guys, after they made it, mm. realized this is not the direction we want to go. No, yeah. they But they had, again, it goes back to that same thing that we talked about before, that drive to... Improve. To, to improve, but to, to be what they wanted to be. I mean, some of it kind of, you know, I'm a big fan of the non-makeup era kiss, which was... Really brought about by MTV. Brought about by bands like Motley Crue. And, you know, that whole Sunset Strip sound. I mean, Kiss really went hard into that in the 80s. They did. And MTV did that. And, but if Kiss hadn't had the talent... Because MTV, fuck, give two shits about Kiss. <clears throat> Just... 
I mean, they hated Kiss so bad that um, they had that call-in hour. Remember that? And when Forever came out, it was requested so much that uh, MTV changed the rules so it couldn't be requested anymore, right? Because mm-hmm. it had been the number one for so long they couldn't do it. But that's because KISS had talent and drive. That's why they still have fans now. I mean, they're in their 70s and they could still sell. I mean, we went and seen them in concert and it was, what was there? What they say? 25,000 people there? At that Deer, uh, Deer Creek and yep. there was at least... 30, I, I want to say probably close to 30 at the Coliseum when I saw them in February last of this, just last year, this year, yeah. And I don't think, it, it goes back to that drive thing like the, like the thrash metal bands have, bands like ACDC and Kiss. Those, the reason there's not those hair metal bands still out there today that aren't playing, you know, like you said, a, you know, county fairs with like four or five of them all in one go it's because they just don't have they didn't have that drive they got pushed into that oh we can we sound like this band and you know we can do one or two songs we're gonna go do that we we can do it yeah you could well a lot of them also you know gave into the excess and didn't put and didn't invest their money back into their own talent oh you mean like rat one of my favorite 80s bands but basically killed their career with drugs, alcohol, and stupidity. Well, I, mean, I, I could church I mean, it a lot up, of bands, but... I mean, look at even... I don't know, they're not really considered a hair band, but, you know, Def Leppard, for example, the drummer, got in a car wreck and tore his arm off. Mm-hmm. But he had the drive to re-engineer his drum kit to rock on. Yep. But other bands, you know, they have... give into the drinking and the drugs, and they pretty much, you know, they're just, uh... They can't play anymore, or they can't sing anymore, or... Oh, you mean like Vince Neil? Um, the Pillsbury Doughboy of metal? <laughs> it's true, and you know it. I expect somebody to run up there and poke his belly and him go, hee-hee. <laughs> I mean, and I'm a, I'm a Motley Crue fan, but for God's sake, if you can't remember the word, I just, one day I expect, I expect to see a video of them doing like a reunion concert and him not being able to sing and shit and... And Nikki Six just walking over there with his bass and smashing him over the head with it and just screaming, You fat fucker, learn the goddamn song! <laughs> you know? It's just like Nikki Six has that drive. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, all you have to do is read the Heroin Diaries to know that there is no reason he should be making music. Uh, <laughs> Slash, for example, he has that drive. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that guy's. He has to wear a pacemaker to live because of all, how much he's fucked his body up. But he still goes out there and does it, you know. And just, there's a lot of them guys just couldn't deal with it. They couldn't deal well, with it. Well, they the, all had their own little inner circle. You know, some bands, each got, each member would have his own circle of people, you know, giving they, him encouragement, giving him encouragement, telling him he's great, he's great, he's great. And he's giving as him, long as that money's flowing in. As long as they're paying them money to... Kiss their butt, you know, mm-hmm. and he's giving them drugs, giving them drugs, alcohol, loose women, you know, and that sounds like a good time, doesn't it? <laughs> drugs, alcohol, and loose women. We lived our <laughs> life wrong, Matt. I don't know what to tell you, but you know, I'm, and it's not just. I think the reason. I mean, it's all that's always been in rock. That's always yeah. been. You I mean, know, that's why most guys new. pick up. A, that's why most guys picked up a guitar was to get girls. But I, well, I mean, like that whole the excess thing. It was. It's always been a thing. Yeah, it's always been. It's always been a thing in music in general, even in movies. You know, but I think what makes it so stand out in the eighties, in the eighties, was really the worst for it. In the fact that every minute of their life was filmed because like you said you know when mtv first came out they didn't have any videos Mm -mm. so they started going around and filming these fucking idiots every video most every video of these guys they're all drinking doing smoking you know having having girls around them and partying and and stuff it was all part of the image and that just fed the yep. ego to some people thought they had to keep this image up, keep it up, keep it up, and some some of them just physically couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it, or shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. or any of the above. 
Um, I think we need to find us an ending well, point here. Well, we just roll it out with it out with Beavis and Butthead, or do you want to save that for another? We'll save we'll save the Beavis and Butthead thing for another thing. Um, I don't know if we're gonna be doing weekly or bi-weekly, or we haven't really discussed that too much. But um, I do know they're gonna be a little closer together than they have been. But like I said, I you know I got with Matt, and after that last one we did, I really. I really thought that we need that I needed to change the the format of what was going on, um, and I really thought you know it seemed like people liked what we were doing. I think you know we're gonna some of the topics we've talked about is like um, you know movies with great soundtracks, maybe doing something on that. Um, like he said, be, talking about Beavis and Butthead and their effect on everything. Yeah, I mean on culture in general. Um, you know. Just seeing where we go, really. I mean, you know, I th I thought maybe we'll do some some podcasts on just like certain bands or certain movies, like you know, like cult movies, like Howard the Duck or you know something like that. Just a movie that's like I don't want to say out there, but just like a a movie that's not everybody's seen, but everybody should have seen. You know, like Hell Comes to Frogtown. Um, or they live, or anything like that, which army of darkness, yeah, things like that. Um, or you know, like I said, bands, or this just... is Spinal Tap. Oh yeah, that was great. And then the offshoots of that, Best in Show and A Mighty Wind, right? Um, but the, I think the the podcasts are going to be more fun, less dramatic, I guess. So, um. Let's sign off for now. We'll be back. Hopefully. <laughs> Unless I die. I don't know. Or we get locked down again. It, well, if we get locked down, we'll... We'll figure out something. Yeah, you know. We'll figure it out. But, um, so, you know, thumbs up, like, whatever whatever you got to do, just, you know, ha enjoy it, have fun, um, live your life, you know? I mean, but, uh, We'll uh, speak to you later, or speak at you, I guess. We're not really yeah. speaking to anybody, except for the voices in my head, really. But they whatever. They have good ideas, though. At least the ones Sometimes. in my head do. Well, most of mine made bad decisions. <laughs> so, all right, we'll talk to you later. Later.